0: Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. We talked about uh, the impact of the pandemic on mental health, and uh, I'm glad that we're having those discussions. That's so very important. But uh, physical health is part of this as well. And, uh, you know, if you've been sheltering at home for the last little while, or even if you're not i mean let's face it we're just not doing the sorts of things we used to do because of the pandemic we're not getting around much anymore the gyms are closed so what's going on well there's a report here that i want to talk about and and to shed some light on exactly what's going on uh the fitness of canadian children is related to that of their parents and the strength of the relationship varies according to the different child sex and parent sex combinations it's one of the many findings from a new study that was released today in health reports joining us to talk about this is rachel collie who is a senior research analyst with health and Analysis Division of the Strategic Data Management Methods and Analysis with Stats Canada. Uh, Rachel, thank you so much for the time. Glad you could uh, join on with us today and uh, give us some perspective on this.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Let's let's talk a little bit about this. This is something that's not getting a whole lot of conversation these days because of the uh, what's going on with the pandemic. But physical fitness and the, and the, the the urge to try to stay physically fit uh, is such a very big part of this. And the, the correlation that you've developed here and that you discovered uh, between what the parents do and what the kids are going to do is is pretty important.
1: Yeah, I think it's pretty timely just because we're all kind of stuck at home right now and uh, children are spending a lot more time uh, with their parents than perhaps they ever have uh, to date. So what this study showed was really that the fitness of Canadian children is related to that of their parents. And it's it's a follow-up study um, to uh, some studies we did a few years ago where we looked at the behaviors, so physical activity and screen time, which are kind of the factors that influence uh, what somebody's fitness level will be. And sometimes we get kind of confused between fitness and physical activity. And fitness, uh, we're talking about kind of the ability of one to engage in physical activity. So in this study, we measured it three different ways. We measured aerobic fitness with a step test. We measured flexibility with a sit and reach test. And then we measured muscular strength as well. And So in our previous studies, we did see a relationship between parents and children in both obesity. So children who had a parent who was overweight were more likely to be overweight themselves. And then we also saw that children who had active parents were more active themselves. So in this new study, we are really looking at these fitness states of strength and flexibility and aerobic fitness, whether the relationship held there. And it, and it seems to. And I think um, this is just really important to, to bring home that message again of how important the family environment and the, the parent role modeling is to encourage our kids to be active.
0: So it it does put the onus on the the parents, though, doesn't it? I guess to really kind of set the tone for what's going to be happening within the family?
1: Yeah, and I mean, we never want to sort of think about it. I, I like to explain it more as a pie. There's sort of different sources of influence for children. So they have, you know, they have the household environment, the home environment, they have the school environment, and they have kind of a community environment and a peer environment, and so all of those different groups, play a role in sort of shaping the opportunities and one's likelihood of engaging in physical activity and enjoying physical activity. And so, yeah, normally, if I was doing this interview a couple of years ago, we would talk about all these different pieces of the pie. And so it's kind of uh, interesting right now because it is kind of more than ever uh, really on the parents because they can't rely on, you know, school physical education classes and perhaps um, organized sport uh, participation for their kids. So there was a lot of ways that kids were getting physical activity outside of the house. And then now we're faced with a situation where um, I think there's a bit more onus on the parents to provide opportunities and perhaps be good role models themselves.
0: So if, if you're one of those parents that, uh, that you know bought an exercise bike about five years ago and it, uh, it's still sitting you downstairs with the laundry hanging on it, uh, the, the chances of, of your son or daughter actually thinking, you know, what I, I may th- I'm going to start using that, uh, are pretty slim then. In, in other words, they, they're watching our behavior, not necessarily to emulate, but, I mean, we're, we're setting an example here.
1: Absolutely. And uh, in this previous study that I keep referring to, we did actually split it into kind of role modeling and then facilitation. And we found that both were really important and they had independent effects. So what I mean by facilitation is really, you know, parents paying for activities, driving the kids to activities, volunteering to be the coach. So even if you're not active yourself, you can really promote uh, physical activity in your children by providing the opportunities. But if you can do both, then that's even better for sure.
0: Talk to us about the the gender aspect of this. Uh, You know, sons, daughters, mothers, fathers, male, female. Uh, Is is there a correlation there? uh, You know, to follow along and say, well, you know, if it's it's a mother, for instance, uh, do they have the same influence on? If you have, you know, a a male and a female child, uh, do they react in the same fashion?
1: Yeah, no, it's a really interesting question, and we wanted to kind of dig deeper into that in this study, and. Previous research has, has shown that sometimes same-sex dyads or pairings, there's more of an influence. So we think that maybe a mother will have more influence on their daughter and that a father might have more influence on their son. But in our study, we didn't really see that. We actually saw kind of, uh, you know, influence on both sides, regardless of the sex of the parent and the child. And in fact, the most consistent relationship we saw was between mothers and sons. And so I think, you know, just evolving changes in the family dynamic over the last few decades, you know, more mothers are working outside the home, and so there's perhaps more of a balance between mothers and fathers in the role that they play. Um, it's hard to say to really tease that out, but the take-home message is really that, you know, both parents in the house are, are important for, for supporting physical activity and for modeling physical activity.
0: How important is it in a situation like that, Rachel, for the parent to take the initiative and, and introduce them to, to whatever physical activity we're talking about?
1: yeah no i think it's really important and it sort of changes with age so i think when kids are really really young you want to set them up for Mm -hmm. a lifelong um, kind of good relationship with physical activity right so uh you know i think with with toddlers and really young children it's about play and fun and just exposing them to lots of different types of physical activity but not putting any sort of pressure on them and then as kids evolve into that school age range then you can sort of start to identify. You know, they seem to have likes or certain abilities uh, for a certain type of physical activity, and then it's offering opportunities. You know, do you want to sign up for soccer or gymnastics, or do you want to try figure skating? It's kind of a there's an exploration phase there, and then if they do, sort of, they're on track to get into really competitive sports. It's about trying to sort of narrow in there, but not be, you know, too focused with it. So, so yeah, it's sort of tricky, and it it sort of evolves over time as the child as the child grows up. But I think the key thing is really to. To not put a lot of pressure on children and to try to follow their lead, but when as soon as they start to show some interest, really try to jump on that and support them.
0: Yeah, you don't want to be that parent, are that said, "Look, if I play baseball. Damn it, you're going to play baseball too. You know, and you're going to you're going to like it. You understand? Uh, you don't want to go there, but but if you introduce them to it, uh, and you, and like you say, I guess well, that's part of parenting, isn't it? We have to read exactly how they're going to respond to that, and and the best way to get them, to get them to introduce to this is to suggest that it's it's a fun activity, not that it's something you need to do. It's something that you'll try this, and if you like it, we'll do this more often.
1: Yeah, and keep it fun and keep the focus on, you know, overall health and fun and try not to always tie it to weight. Like we've we've learned over the years that when you're working with a child who is showing signs of being overweight or obese, the worst thing to do is to sort of say you need to be more active because you need to lose weight. That creates a really kind of negative relationship for them. Um, it can also apply to food too. Make sure you don't eat that because we, you're overweight. So it's, it's about uh, encouraging kids to be active and to eat well for their overall health and to kind of do it as a family. Like, we're all doing this together so that we can all get healthier and that's a much more positive message for kids um, to sort of disentangle it from their weight
0: are we are we doing a, a, as parents? Are we doing a good job of that? A better job than we used to in situations like that? About uh, as you say, eating healthier and uh, and 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 again, you know, that's part of the problem. I think that some parents have is they you can't look at this and you know with in in a singular fashion and say, well, you know, you got to stop eating pizzas and and things like that. and You're gonna you know get better. You'll get, lose weight, etc. Uh, the physical fitness and and the and the what we put into our bodies go hand in hand in a situation like that.
1: Yeah absolutely i think it's just moderation is key so you don't want to kind of restrict anything or create those negative relationships it's really just to keep it positive um and you know uh restrictions can kind of sidetrack you and and sort of create the wrong language so i think it's uh but it's uh, children respond well to kind of that holistic approach but in terms of how are we doing as a country um i can give you a few stats on that yeah, only please. a third of our kids um So a third of Canadian children are meeting the physical activity guideline, which is to get an hour of physical activity a day. So we have some work to do to get more kids in the country active. We know that only 20% of Canadian adults are meeting the physical activity guideline, and for them it's 150 minutes a week. So as a a population, I think we we have some room to grow there and improve and increase our overall levels of activity in this country. Um, And then some other stats that are important to look at is that two-thirds of Canadian adults are overweight or obese. And about a third of children uh, in Canada are either overweight or obese, and so you know we're keeping an eye on those trends, and uh, those have implications, you know, for downstream health for the, for those children as they move from childhood into adolescence into adulthood. Um, and so I think it's it's important to to promote these healthy behaviors as much as possible
0: well sure because of the ramifications of it i mean i'm as you were talking sort of about the, the numbers there uh and you're right i mean there's a lot of work to be done there clearly but uh, you know I, I start thinking of other studies that we've talked about over the last couple of years about the, the high incidence for instance of diabetes in younger kids the, uh, these days uh and and that's got something to do with diet and exercise and a whole lot of things too i mean the, the the studies we've had in the past rachel have kind of indicated that we've we've been pretty sloppy actually when it comes to looking after our bodies and actually setting an example i guess for kids and and you know and and as you say there are so many other pressures. You know, they were, Because of the pandemic, we're spending more time indoors, and that probably means way too much screen time for kids as opposed mm-hmm. to going out and being physical and, and active and playing sports. I mean, you can't sign up for soccer now. You can't go to the nope. gym. You can't go to the pool, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we're, we're falling back into bad habits again, I guess, in many cases.
1: Yeah, I think it kind of goes both ways, like just anecdotally from talking uh, to my own peers, I would say some people are finding they're less active, you know, than they were before because they're stuck at home and they have less opportunities. And so they really relied on, you know, their commute to work or their organized sport participation or going to the gym to get their physical activity. They're really struggling to find new ways to be active. Whereas on the flip side, I think some people are finding the opposite. They're thinking, well, now I don't have to commute. I have more time in the day. I'm able to fit, you know, a walk in here or there. I'm able to get more exercise. So I think we have kind of a bit of a disparity, like people are depending on their work situation and and uh, you know perhaps where they live and their access to green space around them. Um, some people are actually becoming more active right now while other people are becoming less active. And there's been other studies that have come out uh, from Statistics Canada but also from other groups to sort of look at the exercise and screen time habits the Canadians during the pandemic. And we've certainly seen that for kids, they are less active, they're getting more screen time, they're sleeping more. Girls in particular are engaged in way more social media. And then for adults, uh, we're finding that two-thirds of adults are reporting exercise. So we're kind of seeing a bit of a higher participation in exercise. But screen time is through the roof because we're using it for everything. So we're socializing, we're working, we're teaching our kids using uh, online devices. So that's going through the roof. But the key thing with, with that research in adults is those people who are exercising, especially outside, their mental health is much better than those who are not exercising and not getting outside. And what was interesting in that study, too, is that it was particularly a strong relationship for women. So if there was one message to to share today, I would say it. We all need to get outside and try to exercise. um, But especially for women, it seems to help them maintain a, a good level of mental health.
0: Well, absolutely. I was going to ask you, are we doing the right kinds of exercises? Because I know the study talks a lot about uh, cardiorespiratory fitness levels. And, you know, that that goes to actually, in other words, you know, working out and and making sure that we're doing something for our body. It's not just a matter of being outside. Uh, And, and, you know, for some people, that could be jogging, could be cycling, could be any number of things. I mean, in our neighborhood, I've been working from home for about a year now. I look out the window here every day, and you almost have to make a reservation on our street to walk around the block (laughs) because everybody's doing it these days, which is good. I mean, that's that's the kind of thing. With, yeah. we don't and and it and it gets the job done you know you do a few laps around the block and you can make it a social event so we're still incorporating that social element with the exercise
1: yeah no i think it's fascinating and i'll love to look at the data you know a few years from now just to sort of see what happened with with the overall physical activity levels um, but I think, you know, right now it's just kind of, it's time for survival, you know, like it, do what you need to do to sort of maintain your mental health and your physical health. And, you know, don't get bogged down on is, am I working hard enough to increase my fitness or anything like that? I think just keeping it simple, uh, take it day by day and just getting outside and going for walks. That's all good. Um, and just keeping, um, I know for myself, I, I'm just trying to exercise now because it's And I used to exercise for for fitness and for health, but now I'm really thinking about my mental health. I find it really keeps me um, just feeling better about everything that's going on.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, the old idea about getting out of the house and getting some fresh air and, and change of scenery, I guess, goes a long way. It's uh, it's easy to just sit in front of the screen all day and do these sorts of things. Uh, and 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 like I say, I mean, I'm, I'm comparing to this to some of the other studies we've seen over the last couple of months about our our eating habits and things of this nature. This is this is kind of a wake up call. Uh, there are some people that are following the rules and actually doing well by this too. But it's, I think it's it's a reminder to all of us, I guess, Rachel, that you know we we could be doing more, uh, and and making sure that we're looking after that and and you've i think drawn a line here between two very important subjects here is is the physical activity and mental health uh you know we've talked a lot about how this pandemic has really knocked us down a lot because of uh, some mental health and stress issues and things like that and the first thing if you seek help or something like that the first thing your doctor invariably says is exercise Uh, there there could be other things that you need to do but exercise is such a key role to mental health
1: yeah no exercise is really a a cure-all it's an amazing uh Amazing benefits for many aspects of our life. So um, I think when people are having a hard day, which I think we're all having hard days right now, if uh, if all you can do is just say, well, I'm just gonna I'm gonna get outside and go for a walk and try to you know reframe reframe my outlook on the day, um, I think that is just a good strategy to keep in mind.
0: Great report. Uh, and like I say, very timely because of what's been going on these days, uh, where can they go? where can I direct people to uh, to get some information about the study?
1: Yeah, so if you just Google fitness and kids, or do the title of the paper was Do Fit Kids Have Fit Parents? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can Google Statistics Canada, Fitness, Physical Activity, you should be able to get to some of these different studies that have come out over the last few years.
0: Excellent stuff. Rachel, thanks for the time today. Really do appreciate it.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Take care. Richard Colley, of course, with uh, Stats Canada uh, talking about fitness for kids and the correlation, which is a rather interesting uh, aspect of this, too. Uh, and, and as parents, you know, that's a responsibility that we have right now and maybe something we've kind of forgotten about, but uh, physical activity is such a big part of this. And if you're not doing it and if you're not eating properly, pretty good chance, according to these statistics, that your kids aren't going to do it either, and that can cause some long-term physical and mental problems, uh, for both parents and kids, by the way. So a lesson to all of us, I suppose. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900-CHML.